And in in looking at this tonight, we want to look at how to get wisdom and then proof that we have godly wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Now, in this passage, he and we're not going to go through this passage in detail, but he, he lays out a number of aspects that describe a heart that is seeking God's wisdom. And And we said this morning that it is imperative for us to get wisdom. And we mentioned the first point, we'll just mention it to you, must come to the first point to get wisdom, and it is first, you must come to Jesus. Not only, as we mentioned this, this morning, not only for salvation, but the reality is of keep coming to Jesus because in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, in Him are the fullness of the riches of the wisdom of God. And and so it is that we have to lay down what we think is our wisdom, lay that down and and give it to God and say, God, I'm not walking in my wisdom anymore. I want your wisdom. Because true wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. And as we mentioned this morning, Without Christ, we have no eyes to see the truth. We have no power to obey the truth. We, we can't get it. And Jesus Christ is wisdom. He is the personification of wisdom. So, first of all, it is come to Jesus. And then, secondly, James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If any man lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. So we are to ask God for wisdom. It's amazing how how little we actually ask God for wisdom. But, I mean, I don't care what it is, and I don't care how long you've been doing it, we ought to be asking God for wisdom in everything. I mean, in life, Tristan and Nina are getting married. They ought to be saying, God, I can't do this because you can't do it on your own. It's asking God, not just them getting married. We've been married 42 years or will be and and asking God for wisdom. God, I need wisdom to be the husband. Then you add kids in that. We need wisdom. Then just just living life. God, I need wisdom. There, there should be no lack of prayer on behalf of God's people other than coming and saying, God, I need wisdom. 
I mean, every child is different. It's not, this is one size fits all. Every situation is different. We need wisdom just in, in, let alone in, in making business decisions and life decisions. But it's amazing how little we ask God for wisdom. Daniel said in Daniel chapter 2, and Daniel was the man that, that interpreted the dreams and, and was a, a great voice of God. But he said, it isn't my wisdom, it's the Lord that gave me wisdom. And God delights in answering prayers for wisdom. Think of, think of a better prayer that God would delight in is His people saying, God, would you help me to see things from your perspective today? Would you show me from your perspective what I'm supposed to do here? So, come to Jesus, ask God, and thirdly, and, and these are, are not profound, but thirdly, saturate in the Word. And that's really what Proverbs 2 is all about. It's about asking God. It's about seeking the truth and searching for it as silver and for hid treasures. Years ago, I heard Dr. Glenn Jasper say, The Bible is God's mind concerning everything. You want to know what God thinks about anything? Search the Scriptures. But not only that we have something we want to know what God thinks about it, there are many things we're not even aware of that we search the Scriptures and God will let us know His mind. And it will be like, whoa, I didn't know God thought this. I didn't see this. And that's the neat thing about being a Christian. It's a growing process. It's a, it's a delight to be learning and growing and developing. And so it is. It's to have a hunger and thirst for the Word, to saturate in the Word. And then Proverbs 13 and verse 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Even as it's true, you run with the skunks, you'll smell like them. The companion of fools will be destroyed. The first part of that says, he who walks with wise men will be wise. Think about who you spend your time with by what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. There are great, great opportunities for us to spend great amounts of time with very wise men. This is in addition to the Word of God. Of course, you're spending time with wise men in the Word of God. But Paul wrote and said, I want you to bring me the Scriptures, the parchments, and the books. Paul was, Paul was a learner. Paul was a reader. Think about what you bring in. Think about what you listen to. Um, are you spending time with wise people? There, there's a, just such a, a vast amount of, of wisdom that we can learn as we discipline ourselves to, to read, to listen to podcasts, to listen to radio, and, and not just the, the drivel about stuff that you 
can't do anything about, but to to listen to someone that that's given us God's perspective from a from another venue and another opportunity, and and in realizing that, and in in understanding that, um, walk with wise people. I mean. There are, be, there are people that, that have had a great influence on my life that have been dead for years and years because I've read or listened to them. And you'll get wisdom that way. It's, it's very, very important to walk with wise men. Then turn back to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. To get wisdom, you must fear God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Look at chapter 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It doesn't mean it necessarily the first step. It is the foundation Everything wise will be built on the fear of the Lord. And as you go through the book of Proverbs, you will notice a theme over and over again about the fear of the Lord. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. And yes, the fear of the Lord is a healthy respect for God. It's giving Him respect. But it's also knowing that my times are in His hand. My, He is my judge. He is my creator. He is the one that sustains me. I am, I am subject to Him. And, and there is a sense, not a fear of running away, but a, a sense of fear um, that I answer to Him. And the combination of the respect that, that is due Him. But you can't have wisdom without the fear of the Lord. We have a, a lot of knowledge in our world today, but very little wisdom. Our nation is, is dying for lack of wisdom. And, and the things that we see happening, it's because there is no fear of God. And then Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Think about your death. That will help you have wisdom. Think about the fact that, you know what? The day's gonna, the day's gonna come when my life is over. I mean, think about a timeline and, and you put on one end zero and on the other end eighty. And we've mentioned this recently. And where are you on that timeline? Some of you are off the timeline. You're past the 80 mark, okay? But you think about it. We're not, we're not guaranteed 80 years. But teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to what wisdom? Wow. My life, regardless of how long it is, it's a vapor that appears for a little while. It's the, the dense fog that's in the morning, and before you know it, it's gone. And, and the reality of, of understanding, I need to apply, I need to get wisdom. I don't have forever. I need to get wisdom. I need to uh, understand this. So, 
those are some things that, that Scripture tells us. This is how you'd get wisdom. But what is the proof that, that we have wisdom? Look at Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. Wisdom hath built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. In other words, here God says, wisdom has seven pillars. Turn to James chapter 3. I don't know that these are the exact seven pillars that are spoken of in Proverbs chapter 9. But in James chapter 3, it tells us that earthly wisdom is sensual and devilish. And where envying and strife is, there is contention and every evil work. But then he says in verse 17 of James chapter 3, But the wisdom that is from above is, first of all, pure. In this, there is a list of seven things. First of all, pure. It is first on the list because it's most important. Proof that you have wisdom doesn't mean you can can explain all the beasts of the book of Revelation, or you can give a verse for every problem or anything like that. He gives here proof that we have wisdom, and he lists these characteristics. It's pure. It's cleansed of self, and it's dedicated to God. It's pure. There's no ulterior motive. It is um, pure in its actions. The Pharisees performed all the right actions, but inwardly they were not pure. They were full of lust. They were full of greed. They were full of envy. They were full of jealousy. They were full of arrogance. Um, They were not pure. And wisdom, first of all, affects our heart. It, it purifies us. It's a, a motive that purifies. And God will purify us through fiery trials and through various things that come into our life. But first of all, it's pure. Then it says it is peaceable. James is speaking of an inner spirit of tranquility. The peace of God should be evident in our lives. Proverbs talks about this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. It's, uh, it's understanding that there's a, there's a tranquility that rules over our life, that we're not given to outbursts of anger, that we're we're controlled by the peace of God, knowing that He is in control. Um, it means taking a stand for God, but doing it in a right spirit. So wisdom from above is peaceable. And then it says it is gentle. To yield the right of way. A gentleman is one that has respect to others. Be a gentleman. Open that door for that lady. 
It has respect for others. It, it does not stand on its own rights. Wisdom that is from above is, is willing and willing to serve others. It's gentle in the sense it, it doesn't necessarily mean the, the term that is used here, passive or, or not taking a stand. But when we see things from God's perspective, we are, we are not concerned about our rights and our privileges and our entitlements that we're willing to give up our rights and we're willing to respect others. So he says, pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Um, this is an interesting one. It's, it's, Coming from the perspective of your authority, you're under authority, and the authority finds you very approachable, easily to be entreated. Um, you're obedient. You're you're willing to obey. You're teachable. You're reasonable. You're compliant. Easy to be prevailed upon. The human spirit is prone to rebellion, prone to doing it my way. But wisdom that is from above gets under the authority and obeys and is easy to work with and live with. If you've been in any position of authority, you've found people that they're approachable. Easy to be entreated, that you can go to them and, yeah, we're willing to do whatever to help. You've also found people that you think, man, I hate to even ask them to do anything. Everything is an issue. Why do we have to do that? How? Why do we have to do it that way? And does it have to be done right now? And it's like, just. And, and we're then prone to be, why is it? The ones that are easily entreated end up getting all the work. Why? Because we don't, a boss doesn't like getting into an argument every time he wants something done. And so this is talking about us being under authorities that they say, wow, if you have wisdom from above, your boss won't have any problem coming to you because he knows you are well, what is it you need done? I'm here to make you successful, to be easily entreated. See, all of this doesn't come naturally. This comes from God, from God's perspective. So he said, easily entreated. Then he says, full of mercy and good fruits. And um, you may say these are two separate things. I've combined them together. Um, But full of mercy, the heart that God possesses will be like him. And Jesus Christ is full of mercy. And the fact that we're here tonight is a testimony of his mercy. And mercy is one that looks to alleviate the pains and miseries of others. They're not deserving of it, 
But God in his mercy ministers in our life. So we're full of mercy, and it's not genuine mercy if it isn't wrought out in some works. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's not just mercy in words. It's fruits. It's putting it into action. It produces as God's mercy does in our life. So, wisdom from above is full of mercy and good fruits. And then it says, it is without partiality. Not distinguished, unwavering. In the sense, showing the the respect to all people. It's not necessarily that you treat everyone exactly the same because every one of us are in different situations, but you show respect. And um, and it's not only showing respect to others, it's without partiality, without lifting up ourselves, without thinking that we're better than others or showing off what we do or calling attention to ourselves, that's showing preferential treatment to ourselves. And if there's anybody that we are merciful to, we're all merciful to ourselves. We all put ourselves in the good light, don't we? But do we put others in good light? And without partiality, and then the last thing he says is without hypocrisy. Playing the part of an actor, that's what hypocrisy is. Acting something that we really are not. Um, Wisdom from above is transparent and open. And our families are the first ones to recognize if we're an actor. If we're putting on. I mean, hopefully, we act the same wherever we are. Hopefully, we don't act one way at church and another way at work and another way at home. That's a hypocrite. He says, if you truly see things from God's perspective, it will be manifest. Wisdom that is from above is pure, it's peaceable. It's gentle, it's easy to be entreated, it's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. And he said, whatever you do, get wisdom. So he's saying, these are things that if we get wisdom will be coming out of our lives. The, the, the whole nature of full of mercy and good fruits. If I have a cup here and and it's full of something and I walk out and you bump into me or I bump into you, if the cup is full, what's inside will spill out. When you're bumped in life, what spills out? When someone pulls out in front of you, what spills out? If we're full of mercy and good fruits... Mercy will spill out. That's not a very good analogy, is it? Because it's, 
What's spilling out of our life? When things don't go right at home or at work or whatever, what spills out? The nature of what he's saying is, if you're full of mercy, when the bumps of life come, full of mercy and good fruits, wisdom is going to spill out of your life. And that ought to be, none of us here, does that happen all the time, but it ought to be saying, God, I want you to spill out of my life. I want to be so full of you, and that that comes as we continually come to him and ask him for wisdom and saturate in his word and walk with wise men and fear God and think about the fact, man, it may be tonight I may be meeting Jesus. What the world needs is Christians full of wisdom. And what a difference it would make if we had that. Heavenly Father, I pray that today and as we continue in our study in the book of Proverbs, I pray that we would have within us a great desire to get wisdom, which is, as we mentioned this morning, a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that there would be a growth in the wisdom and nurture and admonition of you. And that as a result, when the bumps of life come, that you are what spills out of our life, that you are what blesses others, that you are what is manifested. And so, Lord... You know the specific areas that each of us need to work on. I pray that we would have a renewed dependence on you. And Lord, that we would have renewed victories in you this week. As a result, for we pray in Jesus' name, amen.